My name is Peter Ward, and welcome to the Solutions to Go podcast, your source for information on investing, insurance, banking, tax planning, and healthy living. If you'd like to know more about anything discussed on this podcast, please visit mysolutionsonline.ca, where you'll find a wide variety of articles and videos. The link between mental health and physical health is strong, but there are other facets to overall well-being that people may not understand. Being financially healthy is something that a lot of Canadians struggle with. The stress brought on by not having enough to cover an emergency expense can be tough to cope with. And then there's stress itself. Unavoidable in today's fast-paced world, but there may be ways to help deal with and manage it. There is social well-being to consider too, the relationships in our lives and how they affect us. And of course, physical health. Lack of physical activity, poor nutrition, tobacco use, and excessive alcohol consumption are responsible for much of the illness related to cancer, heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. But how can we prioritize our overall well-being and make it part of our daily lives? Well, today I'm joined by an expert in all things well-being, Shauna Oliver. Welcome to the show, Shauna. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Maybe just take us through what your role focuses on. Thank you. So I am uh, fortunate enough to lead global benefits and wellness on behalf of Manulife. So what that means is I work with a team of extraordinarily talented people to set the benefit strategy for our colleagues and their families. What benefits we offer by country, where to supplement provincial or statutory benefits. Our team is responsible for the operations of the benefits, overall experience when using benefits and communications as well. That's great. That's great. And how did you find you got interested in this career path? Well, you know, in some ways, I've always been drawn to health and wellness. Uh, when I was younger, I volunteered at my local hospital uh, for many summers in many different areas, from the emergency room to pediatric oncology uh, to outpatient surgery. Uh, you may find it funny that I actually started my career as an underwriter. Uh, so I started off as a health and risk benefits underwriter. I then got pulled into consulting and really kind of got pulled into the strategy side and really grew my career in various areas from there. But about 10 years ago, I found myself uh, a little later in life going through a series of personally traumatic events, both mentally and physically, where I was forced to really prioritize my own mental and physical health. And I found for someone who is really educated in the system, it was really hard to do. And it really forced me to almost become a passion project of mine because I knew if I was struggling with it, so many others who don't know as much as I do were going to struggle with it too, and I wanted to make it better. Oh, wow. That's really good. That's really when you see the passion come through in the role when, you know, it's personal things that you learn through life and you apply them to your to your role. It's uh, really good. Thank you. We're going to start talking about health and wellness. And uh, I think everyone that's woken up with a hangover on New Year's Day understands that <laughs> it's tough to eat well and exercise. But we all know it's important, not just for physical well-being, but mental well-being too. But at first, I want to talk about something else that uh, many Canadians may not think about. Let's start with financial well-being. What's the idea of being healthy when it comes to finances? So I uh, may or may not be familiar with that New Year's hangover. <laughs> uh, so financial well-being in its simplest form is having your finances in a state where you can comfortably absorb a shock to your finances, such as an unexpected car repair or a house repair. 
So if you're healthy with your finances, you have a plan and you're budgeted in such a way that you can balance meeting fixed expenses, such as maybe a rent or mortgage, any taxes, utilities, any kind of discretionary expenses that you might have, uh, saving for your future, retirement, pensions, uh, and also saving for the present. And is there a good rule of thumb when it comes to maybe how much you should have aside for those unexpected expenses? You know, I would say, uh, honestly, it really depends on what your goals are. Uh, Everybody has different goals. Uh, Some families have children, some do not. Mm -hmm. Some people want to retire by the time they're uh, 40. Uh, Some do not. So, uh, you know, I would say everyone's goals are different, uh, but it's important to have goals. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why we all have... uh, support through financial advisors uh, and really great partners uh, to really think through what those goals are so that we can then set those targets and plan accordingly. Uh, And if you don't know what those goals are, that's a really great place to start. Yeah, that's great. It's always good to have a plan. Is is there any research out there that that shows, you know, being financially fit or healthy uh, is good for mental health? Or is it is it mainly just like, we kind of know this from from experience that you know, it can cause a lot of stress to have an unexpected financial burden. Yeah, there's there's a lot of research out there uh, right now talking about the stress of financial health. And, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of studies that have come, come out that say many, uh, many people, uh, not just in Canada, but in the U.S. and globally, can't absorb an unexpected cost of about $400 oh, wow. uh, and don't have at least $400 saved up an emergency fund. It's really shocking to hear, and but it's not surprised. We we understand that costs are going up, inflation's going up. Uh, so, so now more than ever is really an important time to sit down to understand what our expenses, what our goals. You know, I think sometimes when it comes to our financial health, people sometimes don't want to have that moment where they have to say, I'm, I'm maybe in a little bit of a mess here. Mm. Uh, it's it's okay, right? We, we, we are all in a little bit of a mess in some <laughs> way or another. Uh, yeah. It is not uncommon to have debt. It is not uncommon to have student loan debt. It is not uncommon to have a car payment and a mortgage. I guarantee you, if you sit down with an advisor, they have had at least one case that is worse than yours. So having that courage, uh, and sometimes it's called financial courage, to really sit down and say, help, uh, you will feel so much better. And not only that, you will get yourself in a position to help yourself, your family, your children. Uh, It is just an amazing uh, effect that it will set up uh, to help you in the future. Wow. Yeah, that is that's really eye opening the the $400 thing. That's scary to think Mm -hmm. about, right? But Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and it might not even just be an income thing. It might be more like, you know, it's almost feels like the more money you make, maybe the more expenses mm-hmm. you have. So it's, it's always good to just review that and, and have a look, right? And, and see where you are. So that's great. So being financially healthy can have benefits to your emotional and mental well-being. I think another factor that comes into play with emotional and mental well-being is, is stress. We tend to carry around a lot of stress in our busy lives and there may be some techniques that can help. What are some of the ways we can try and reduce stress in our daily lives? I think sometimes we hear stress 
reduction and uh, what immediately comes to mind is you know pictures of yoga or meditation mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, and everybody believes uh, you know I need to spend half an hour a day and that's overwhelming so I'm just not gonna do it uh, but that's not the case uh, and there are all kinds of smaller activities that you can do so a few of my personal favorites uh, I, I when I get really overwhelmed I personally feel better when I think there's a plan uh, and that I can take some control over my day, a week, or a given situation. So simply writing down what needs to be done in small increments can take a seemingly large task and stressful situation and have it become more manageable. I don't think there's anything more satisfying than checking something off a list. Like if you're overwhelmed, just making those lists, checking them off. That's great. Uh, We often find ourselves in back-to-back meetings, for instance, and have to change what we are focusing on rather quickly. Uh, You know, you can have three to four meetings back-to-back, all very, very different topics, and it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I often practice a breathing technique called the 478 breathing exercise. If you're not familiar with it, you can uh, can look it up uh, on the internet. It was actually recommended to me by my primary doctor about six years ago, and I've used it ever since. Uh, You breathe in for four, hold for seven, and breathe out for eight. It actually mimics getting your body into a calm state of relaxation. Sometimes you'll actually find me doing it in the office, walking between meetings. Uh, I will intentionally sometimes tell people to give me a minute. It calms your body down completely and clears everything out of your head. So it only takes a minute. I think the actual time is 57 seconds to work correctly. Mm -hmm. But just taking that minute for yourself and calming yourself down and giving yourself a moment of clarity uh, can be really uh, amazing. That's something I have to take with me in the car, I think. Yes. Because (laughs) when I'm driving into Toronto, I just want to like, oh. And I think if I slow it down a bit. (laughs) It's amazing. You know, because you can feel it in your chest, right, when you're in traffic and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm going to take that one away with me, I think. And then a final thing I'm working on embracing is the concept of saying no. So like many listeners, I play many roles in life. I'm a mom, a wife, a daughter, a sister. I work full time. I'm actually a student as well. Wow. Uh, And I want to give everything 110%. We all do. Uh, And I've had to embrace that there are times that I just can't. Uh, I've stopped feeling guilty about saying no. Uh, from my own personal time. I've rescheduled plans with friends, with family. I've you know, had these grand ideas of things I'm gonna do for my son who's seven and I've said, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not gonna do it. Uh, and I found easier things to do it. The superhero cape that I try to wear is defined by nobody's expectations but myself. Uh, so I'm embracing the no and I encourage everybody else to do so as well. I love that. <laughs> There's so many times when I want to say no. You, you, if it's just, you know, friends that you haven't seen, you know, because with COVID where everyone's getting back together and it just seems like a lot lately. So I think that would be great just to be able to, to say no to more things or, or to prioritize things even, right? So um, let's talk a little bit about social well-being. Uh, I think there's a lot of good in developing and sustaining meaningful relationships with others, as I was just talking about saying no to my family. (laughs) There are three key pathways that can explain the links between positive relationships and health. They are behavioral, psychosocial, and physiological. I wonder if we could just touch on each one of those and explain to the audience what they are and why they're important. Uh, great. So let's. I, I want to first just take a minute to define each of those yeah, so the audience great. knows uh, what they are, and then I will uh, tie them all together. 
So when we talk about behavioral well-being, uh, that describes connections between behaviors of the body, the mind, and the spirit. So this would include how behaviors like eating habits or drinking or exercising impact your overall mental health. Psychosocial well-being is the feeling of what you might call inner tranquility or reassurance. When you have really good psychosocial well-being, you are more open to new possibilities and experiences as well as overall knowledge. You want to try something new and you also have overall increased levels of awareness and you just feel very stable. Physiological well-being is the ability to maintain a healthy quality of life. So it allows us to get the most out of our daily activities without fatigue or uh, any kind of physical stress. So if you pull them all together, uh, the three pathways are actually very intimately intertwined. Uh, in an ideal state, you can physically meet the needs of your day without effort, be open to what comes your way, and handle the events of the day stably, even taking on some new tasks and being aware of actions you are taking through food and exercise and their mind-focusing techniques to adjust as needed to keep you on the positive course of the day. Uh, the three are really, really intertwined. If one gets off balance, it tends that another will get off balance, and then a final one. So uh, so they're really, really delicate, uh, really, really aware, three very distinct paths, but all, all very interwoven. Interesting, interesting. So it's kind of a cause and effect thing. If one goes off, the other two may etc. So it's important yes. to focus on all three separately, would you say? Or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very okay. much so. Great. So finally, let's talk about uh, the physical side because everything, everybody thinks of health and, health and wellness, they think of physically. So um, now I previously uh, underestimated this link in my own life, actually, uh, between physical activity and mental well-being. Um, I ran a marathon in 2019 and I decided to just follow a training regime to get ready for that because I thought, you know, I'll never make it if I don't do that. But what it did get me used to was it, it got me in that headspace of working out five to six days a week. And previously, I'd, I'd probably joined a gym and never went back or, you know, I, I'd go for a month and then forget and, and just, you know, get back on the couch, et cetera. So I was spotty at best. But after an extended training period, I noticed I was feeling great mentally, too. I had more energy and more clarity, and it was just uh, I was just in a better mood overall. So that's something I've stuck with for more than just fitness. Uh, now, when we look at physical well-being, there are four modifiable behaviors that we should look out for. Um, the lack of physical activity, poor nutrition, tobacco use, and excessive alcohol consumption that are responsible for much of the illnesses related to cancer, heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. What are some of the things that Canadians can start to do to improve their physical wellness? Because I know it's not, it's not something that we do. We want to get up and go to the gym or get up and go to, for a run, you know, but maybe is it something that they can start smaller and build like healthy habits? Yeah. So your, your mention of the marathon training is good timing. Uh, we actually sponsor the Boston Marathon uh, right. in the U.S. And I entered into a lottery for a bib number. Uh, and I found out Monday that I got selected. Oh, no, congratulations. Uh, I'm not inherently a runner. Uh, however, it's such an amazing opportunity that I found. I kind of put it in the universe's hands yeah. and said, if I get selected, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I've committed to doing it and I may hit you up for some pointers. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I have two observations when it comes to physical wellness. Uh, and the first is you don't have to start out running a marathon. Uh, physical wellness is not all or nothing. Uh, you can think big, but start small. Five minutes a day. Okay, five minutes. Anything is better than nothing. Don't overthink it. Today you can say, I'm going to walk to the end of my driveway. You can do that for a week. Next week, I'm going to walk around the block. 
following week, I'm going to walk two blocks. Do what you feel comfortable with mm-hmm. as long as it's something. Right. Uh, small, right? It doesn't have to be big. Just pick it and, and do it in increments till you're comfortable. Uh, my second observation is find something that you love. Uh, so we often hear um, in elite performers uh, this t- concept of flow. Uh, and whether it's an athlete, a coder, a gamer, or even someone working on a presentation. Uh, and if you don't know what flow is, it's a state where you're so in the moment that you don't know what's going on. You don't know time is passing. You are so encaptured uh, by what it's going on that you lose track of time. And you're an absolute peak performance. There is an activity out there for everybody where you can find your flow. For me, uh, kind of like you, I found myself, um, you know, I would do, I tried cross training and, um, uh, you know, I tried kettlebell training. I tried, I had a Peloton. I would do it for three, four, five months. I felt like I would hit a certain milestone and then I would never do it again. And I would get really bored and I never really understood like why, um, but for me, there's been one activity that I have I've always done uh, that I've kind of had in the background for about 12 years. Uh, I actually train Muay Thai and fight mixed oh, martial wow. arts yeah. uh, and have been doing so off and on uh, for quite a while now. Uh, so I really started reflecting like, why is it that, that I do so? Uh, and I came to the conclusion uh, that it's because when I fight, uh, I can't think of anything else. Right. I can't think about, uh, did I take the trash out? Uh, do I need to go grocery shopping? Did I turn my presentation in on time? I have to be in that moment because I might get bopped in the head if I don't, uh, but I, I am totally in the moment. I am there. I'm getting a great physical workout, but mentally I have to be in that state. So for me, I find flow. I find flow when I fight. And that that is my big aha moment that I have found flow in this physical activity and I look forward to going. So I have consciously decided to up my training. Uh, so, you know, my my takeaway is that uh, if you think physical activities aren't for you, I challenge you to say you just have to find the one where you can find your flow. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I, I, I didn't know what that was called, to be mm-hmm. honest, but. Um, I go mountain biking a lot. There's a local trail system here that's very advanced. And, you know, I'll make it to the bottom. I'll be like, oh, I've been in here for 90 minutes. And yeah. then, but I've just been focusing on not crashing, which is, I guess, you know, in a way, finding that focus, right? Mm-hmm. So, And it keeps you coming back for more. It's that's great. it. Yeah. Find your flow. Absolutely. That's really interesting. I love that. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank and, you for uh, having me. Yeah, great. We'll have you back anytime. Beautiful. Take great. care. Thanks a lot. I thought that was really great having Shauna on the show to talk about all things health and wellness. What stood out for me was a number of things and I'll get to them, but the main one was the balance that Shauna spoke of. The relationship between all the different facets of mental well-being, be it financial health, physical health, or relationship health, and how one can affect the others in this symbiotic relationship. It may feel overwhelming to work on all of these things at once, but that brings me to the next key takeaway, which was start small. Just walking to the end of the driveway for exercise, making a to-do list for stress, or saving a small amount for an emergency fund can make you feel a sense of accomplishment. The last thing that really stood out to me was flow and finding it. Our lives are busy and full of obligations, but finding that one thing, and it doesn't have to be physical, it could be mental, like chess or reading, but it's finding that one thing that puts you into that meditative state where time doesn't really seem to matter and you're truly focused. 
Now I'm really wishing Shauna all the best on her journey to run the Boston Marathon this coming spring. Hopefully we can get her back on the show for a follow-up to see how it went. Thanks for listening to the Solutions to Go podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ward, saying goodbye for now. Copyright Manuife. This podcast, including case studies and support materials, is for general information purposes only and is not specific to any one individual or case. The podcast shouldn't be relied on for specific financial, legal, tax, accounting, or other advice. Opinions expressed are those of Manulife and are subject to change based on legislative, case law, market, and other conditions that may change during the course of recording and publishing of this podcast. Manulife isn't responsible for any losses arising from the use of the information in this podcast. The manufacturer's life insurance company, Manulife, is the issuer of Manulife insurance contracts, contracts containing Manulife segregated funds, and the guarantor of any guarantee provisions therein. Manulife Investment Management is a trade name of Manulife. Thank you.